In this episode, we're going to address these practical issues that you should know as you move forward, as you get matched with your surrogate, so that you could be aware of what to look for. Hi, I'm Lisa Schumann. Welcome to the Building Your Family podcast. This podcast is about all the ways the modern family is built and how to have a better path to parenthood. I discuss egg and sperm donation. I discuss infertility. And on this episode, I'm going to be talking about surrogacy. I've been working in the surrogacy field for a long time. In fact, I was the only therapist asked to testify before the State Senate Judiciary Committee to legalize compensated surrogacy in New York. And so I also have a lot to say about the legal and practical aspects. Now, in episode number one, we talked about the emotional aspects and the psychological aspects and all the things that you need to know to have a great relationship with your surrogate and have a really good journey. So I hope this is beneficial for you. And please, if you like either one of these episodes, press like and subscribe because that's how we keep going. Welcome to part two of this two-part series on surrogacy. Now, this part is about the things that you need to know from a legal standpoint and a practical standpoint. Now, I'm not an attorney, and if you need real legal advice, you should ask your attorney. They can give you a lot more detail about all the things that we'll talk about. You can also look at the website for the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. It's ASRM.org for more information on guidelines if you want to dig deeper into any of these subjects that we're talking about today. Because today I'm just going to give you an overview, just kind of a broad stroke overview of things to think about as you're moving forward in the surrogacy journey and things to think about so that you'll know what's helpful to remember as you pursue choosing your surrogate or choosing your agency. So let's start with choosing an agency. Many people choose an agency because they like the website or they heard that this agency is good or some celebrity uses agency. What you really need to do is to have an agency that's going to do a good job for you, right? And that's really important. If you were to find a doctor that you wanted for, let's say, a surgery, you wouldn't choose a doctor who's only operated on two people, right? You would choose a doctor who's operated on many people and has a lot of experience in all sorts of difficulties. So likewise, your agency should have a lot of experience with all sorts of difficulties. They should be around for a while. They should understand all the potential implications in pursuing this. They should understand this legal landscape that we're facing right now in this post-Roe climate. It's really difficult to kind of think about that and what each state's implications are for that. And that can be really anxiety producing, but you want a good legal team that's going to understand how to navigate those tricky waters and all the potential issues that can come up with a surrogate. So that's really important. Sometimes people also say, well, I want to choose an agency where I can find a surrogate who's close by because I want to be able to see her. I don't want to take a, a flight to go see her. And I completely understand that. And I think it's really helpful, as I spoke about in the last video, to try to visit your surrogate, to try to be there for some of the appointments if possible. And of course, you want to be there for the birth. And sometimes that's not possible because if you live overseas, it may not be possible, but it is nice to have somebody close by. Unfortunately, there are not a ton of surrogates out there right now. And so to me, the most important thing is to get a good surrogate. 
If you get a good surrogate who is far away from you, that is much more preferable than somebody who's close by who may not be as well-matched for you or may not be a worthwhile surrogate to use because they have some difficulties. So I would really try to look for the best surrogate you can and also the person who's matched with you, who has similar values, who has similar ideas about some of the legal issues we're going to talk about. Those things are much more important, even if it means a couple of extra plane trips, because you will then have a surrogate who can help you have a good journey and have a healthy baby. And of course, those are the most important things. Now, the first thing, and I'm sure this is no surprise to you because for many people, I sound like, as they used to say in my day, a broken record, psychological evaluation. It's really important to have a objective person do the psychological evaluation because if you have a therapist who is employed by an agency, it may be a little bit like the fox guarding the hen house, and that's not true all the time. So you might be in a situation where you don't feel as comfortable as if you hire somebody outside of that agency to do the psychological evaluation. If you want details about the psychological evaluation, you can look at my episode on the psychological evaluation of gestational carriers and donors. But basically, you need to have two parts. You need to have a psychological interview from a qualified mental health professional and hopefully somebody who's also seasoned, who's been in this industry a lot and has seen a lot of cases, and also an objective test. We typically use a test called the PAI. You can also use a test called the MMPI, but the PAI is more frequently used. And it does give you some indicator for deception and also a screening for psychopathology. And both of those things, as you can well imagine, are very important to have with your surrogate. You want to make sure that she is a person that she says she is, that there are things that you're going to be looking for, that you don't want to be present, of course, like mental illness or serious substance abuse or hostile behavior, all sorts of things like that. And you also want to make sure that there is a ability to be friendly and easygoing and to be able to be accommodating and to be kind and to be outgoing and not to feel in any way coerced or pushed into doing this. We also want to make sure that this person really feels like her heart and soul is in it. And that would be an ideal circumstance. So having those personality tests and having the psychological interview does give you more assurance about that. So that is number one, and that should really happen no matter which agency or lawyer you choose. Now, I'm just going to run down a few of the highlights of some of the guidelines from the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. So you want to make sure that the impact on the surrogate and her family is not going to be too tremendous. We want to make sure that her family can handle it, that people in her life support her, that her children are going to be educated about the process, and that you can feel rest assured that this is not going to be problematic in her life. And there are things that she's going to have to do, right? She's going to have to go to a lot of doctor's appointments. There's going to be a period of abstinence for her. There's going to be times where she's going to have to take time out to be with you or to talk to you. And you want to make sure that her family and her friends are supportive of that and are going to help her. What if she needs to be on bed rest? What if she needs to go to doctor's appointments, but it's at a time where the children need to get picked up? What if her children have some difficulty? How are they going to handle that? 
And as I said in my last video, very often children are young when the surrogate pursues this, not always, but typically the children are young. And so while it's important for her to share this information, and very often she will meet the intended parents and introduce them to her children through Zoom or in person, everyone kind of might feel like that's hunky-dory, but the truth is that these little kids are going to be in her life day to day. They're going to see her in the mall, see her in the supermarket, see her in lots of places where people are going to be asking her, are you having a boy or a girl? And when are you due? And all sorts of things like that. And these kids are going to be able to have to understand that this baby's not coming home to them. They have to understand that people are going to have questions in school. They have to understand how to handle that. And so there's going to be a lot of things that will be important for her to appreciate so that her family is not negatively impacted. We also want to make sure that she understands that this is a potentially complicated process. Now, it's very rare that people die in childbirth, but it can happen. And so she has to understand that there are medical risks in any procedure and there's medical risks still in pregnancy. If she's deciding that she's completed her family and she wants to pursue the surrogacy, fine. But what if she wants more children? And what if she can't have more children afterwards because something goes wrong in the surrogacy journey? Or one other thing that doesn't get brought up a lot, what if by the time she finishes her surrogacy journey, her eggs are older and then she is not able to have another child? So these are things that really should be addressed with her that she needs to know when she pursues a surrogacy journey, she needs to be prepared for this. We also want her to be mature and resilient and same thing with her partner. We want her to be able to feel that she's able to make good decisions and that her partner is as well. And then her partner is going to support her the whole way, no matter what happens, because things can come up. We also want to make sure that there are very few stressors in her life. Now, of course, any woman with children is going to have some stressors in her life, but you don't want them to be extreme stressors. You don't want her to be in some serious conflict with an ex-partner. You don't want her to be in a situation where she's having problems in her marriage or significant financial issues. That is something that's spoken about very often, both with the doctor and with the therapist. In fact, any surrogate who is pursuing this for financial reasons primarily, really shouldn't do it. We don't want them to regret it, and we don't want there to be pressure in this situation. We also don't want there to be pressure from the husband or from anybody else in the family who feels that she really needs the money. If she's been on public assistance and if there is evidence that she really needs the money, she probably shouldn't do it. And it's really important for you also as the intended parent to know that if you are matched with a surrogate who has financial need, then that surrogate probably shouldn't be pursuing this, at least not now. So what about other things that are in her personal life? Like let's say she's had some difficulty with a trauma. Let's say she's had an eating disorder when she was younger. Let's say she's had major depression or some other issue when she was younger in her life. Now, if these things are resolved, if she's had treatment and she's had therapy and she's resolved a lot of these issues, that might be okay for her to pursue this process. But if they're ongoing issues, they're probably not resolved and 
that means that she probably should not pursue this process. Also, if she had problematic pregnancies or emotionally unstable pregnancies, like let's say she felt like her hormones were going wild, or even after the pregnancy, after delivery, she had postpartum depression. These are all potential, not 100%, but potential red flags, because these are things that can cause problems in your surrogacy journey. These are things you don't want to see. If there's a personality disorder, if let's say there was some sort of abuse in her relationship, let's say there was some sort of significant childhood abuse that she went through and she has not resolved it, if she has gynecological issues, let's say she feels uncomfortable going to the gynecologist, she's going to have a lot of doctor's appointments and so she needs to be able to manage them. If she's unable to manage many things at the same time, if she feels that her life is overwhelming as it is, then putting this on her plate may also be too much. Now, I know that this laundry list sounds like a lot, and I'm not saying these things to scare you, and this is by no means is this the full list of items in our guidelines that we are supposed to understand from the American Society of for reproductive medicine, but there are some of the things to think about and to consider when you are matched with a surrogate. These are things that could cause the surrogacy journey to go wrong, and we really want to make sure that you have a good surrogacy journey. So these are just some highlights to think about. Now let's talk about some of the expectations and some of the things that will be included in your legal contract. There's going to be a lot included in your legal contract. And again, I'm not an attorney. So if you need good legal advice, call your attorney and make sure that you get all the information that you need. But I'm just going to list now a few things to think about as you look at your legal contract and as you plan to pursue making these agreements together with your surrogate. So the first part is appointments, which I mentioned earlier. What sort of appointments are important to you and important to your surrogate? And that's a tough balance because you may have a difference of opinion there. Surrogates are typically people who really care about this process and they really want you to be involved. Now, sometimes you'll meet a surrogate who feels okay with you not being involved, but typically they have their heart and soul in this. And that is a good thing. They want you to be involved because they're involved in it. They feel very invested in this process. And so you being involved can really make it much better for her and better for you. So the first thing is the transfer. As I mentioned in the last video, the transfer is a really nice process, even though you're not actually seeing the embryo implant in the uterine lining, you see a little bubble burst in the uterus and it looks kind of like the beginning of life. And so it's really exciting to see and really fun to see and a really nice experience. I talk about documenting your journey and I've mentioned that in previous videos. You can do that with my life book, which is on my website and in other places, but it's nice to have these beautiful moments that you can share together. This has been a tough process for you, I'm sure. But as you go forward, if you can document some of these nice moments, it's wonderful for you to recount them later. And it's really beautiful because you're making a story for your future child. So as you recount these things, you're sharing this beautiful story and remembering all these lovely experiences. 
I also mentioned in my last video, it's nice to attend the anatomy scan. It's later in the pregnancy, but it's a really nice visit because it's a long visit. It's monumental. And you also have an opportunity very often to have a hospital tour. And that's a great experience. So that may be something that you want to agree with your surrogate about. You also want to talk to your surrogate about delivery plans. This is something that you'll share in your group meeting with your therapist, but also can speak with your surrogate about. Does her husband want to be there? Some surrogates want their mother to be there. How do you feel about that? What are your experiences in these sorts of situations? If you've never given birth before and you're a little squeamish, is it going to be hard for you to be there? Maybe you want to stand by her shoulder and give her cold towels and you're not going to be the person who cuts the cord or catches the baby. That's okay. But maybe talk through some of these things with your surrogate and see how you feel. And this is something that you're also going to share with your attorney. In your contract, you're also going to talk about pumping. As far as we know in the research, there's not really a big difference between breast milk and formula. Now, some people feel very strongly about breast milk, and that's fine. I've worked with a lot of families who will go to the ends of the earth to get breast milk, who live in China, and they will have their surrogate freeze and ship the breast milk to China. And if that's you, that's fine. You have to do what you want to do. But the research really shows there's not a big difference between the breast milk and the formula. And so if you want to use formula, that's fine. However, there is a big difference between the breast milk or formula, and colostrum. So the colostrum is the substance that comes out right after the delivery. And that substance is kind of like a super vitamin for the baby. So if you are able to get the colostrum from the surrogate, and very often surrogates who don't want to pump, who say, I'm not going to pump, even surrogates who don't want to pump, and by the way, as an aside, you don't want her to breastfeed. That is completely out of the question. We don't want any attachment to the baby. But if you want to get the colostrum, very often the surrogate will be fine with that. Usually it's very easy. She's going to be in the hospital anyway. She could pump the colostrum and you can put it, it's just a small amount, pop it in the baby's mouth, and then you have the super vitamin for the baby. So that's something that you and the surrogate can agree on ahead of time and put that in your contract as well. So these are just some of the things that you will see in your contract and some of the things to review, which is really nice because it can help you decide on these things early and then you can kind of put them aside because they're already decided on and enjoy your relationship. Now the big part. So in the surrogacy contract, you're going to see a laundry list of difficulties. So perhaps it says something like, what if the surrogate falls into a coma? Would her husband keep her body alive for the baby? I mean, really tough things. Now, when you look at the back of a Tylenol label, you're probably going to see a lot of scary things, but you disregard it because you know that this is the legalese that needs to be printed on there. I encourage you not to get too worried about those horrible things. On the other hand, you do need to get serious about them because this is a very crucial part of this choice to have this particular surrogate. You need to decide about medical decision-making and termination issues with the surrogate. And I think that although all of these things are important that we've discussed today, this may be the most important. And particularly now with the political climate being what it is, it's really important to get on the same page. 
Now, how do people usually get on the same page? Usually they look at this laundry list of things and say, okay, this is going to be really tough. We're going to talk, maybe all four of us, if the the surrogate has a partner and you have a partner, there are four people talking about these issues and it's really a struggle, right? So maybe there's something that says, just hypothetically, what if the baby has some sort of difficulty or deformity? Would you consider termination? Now, you all look at it, you're all struggling, you can't decide what to do. You finally come up with the decision that, yes, we would consider termination if there was this sort of difficulty. Now, I understand that that makes people feel better to look at that and say, okay, well, we've completed that process. But the truth is that it's really more complicated than that. All of these laundry list of items are good to think about, but the truth is that there are two problems in this contract. And of course, the lawyers need to make the contracts however they need to make them, but there are two issues that you could face here. Number one is that unfortunately, there are a lot of problems in this world. We can't possibly list all of the problems in the world. There's so many issues that can come up. And yes, it is in the minority of times. And yes, if you have embryos that have already been screened, your chances are low. But I've seen it happen in my you know, decades of experience where there were issues even with a tested embryo. So what do you do? So number one, as I said, there's a lot of issues that we just can't predict, problems that we just couldn't imagine. Number two, all of those issues are not black and white issues. They're all gray issues. Now, There may be, on a rare occasion, a black and white question, but for the most part, you're going to be faced with something that you're not going to have the answer to. So let's say perhaps the doctor comes to you and says, here's the problem. The child may have this difficulty and it may require surgery, and these are the potential outcomes. The doctor will probably not say, this child will have this problem, this child will have this difficulty, and this will happen. The doctor will probably say, the child has an X percent chance, a 30% chance, a 50% chance, an 80% chance of this difficulty, and you have to decide what are you going to do. So now, you're all faced with this problem. And how does that get processed in your mind? Well, for the surrogate, maybe 20% is too much for her. She can't even imagine 20%. That is so scary. But for you, you feel like 20% is not a lot. Or it could be the reverse. It's impossible to know how four people are going to interpret this information and feel about it, even if they were initially on the same page. It's hard enough for two people to make a decision like this. These are really tough decisions. And what we know from the research is what typically happens when people decide that they need to terminate for medical reasons is that it's hard. And so because it's so hard, they typically get multiple opinions. They go to this doctor and that doctor and the other doctor, and they are trying to figure out what to do because it's such a hard decision to make. That's understandable. This is a very upsetting predicament to be in. And hopefully none of you ever have to face this. But if you face it, you're going to be upset and you're probably going to want to get a lot of opinions. But what happens when you do that? The pregnancy progresses 
And then it's even more difficult to make a decision. So what is the solution for this? Well, after many years of going through these difficulties, and fortunately not a lot of them, I've decided that I really feel that it's better to put all termination and medical decision issues into two buckets. Bucket number one is about the surrogate's health. So the surrogate has to really think about her health. Yes, she is carrying a pregnancy for you. Yes, this is her mission. Yes, it's making her really happy. But she has to take care of herself. For herself, her partner, her children, she really needs to think about her health. So if something goes wrong and it affects her health, she really needs to think, do I need additional testing? Do I need to terminate? Is this problem affecting my health? Now, bucket number two would be about your fetus or embryo because this is going to be your child and you have to decide, can I parent this child or not? Is this a child that I can raise? Are these difficulties that I can live with? And that decision really needs to be yours because the surrogate is not going to be raising your child. And so although the surrogate, if it were her child, may make a different decision than you would make, this is not her baby. So I think it's really important to have a distinction between these two issues because otherwise, as I said, somebody looks at these issues and they discuss it with their partner and then their surrogate is discussing it with her partner and everyone is up in arms and everybody's scared, everybody's frustrated, everybody's stressed. There's so many things to think about and no one's really thinking clearly in that moment. And then the process moves along and moves along, and then it becomes much harder to make a decision. So it's really important to make sure ahead of time, before you start your surrogacy journey, that you really have this under wraps, that you really have a good idea about medical testing and termination issues. These are really, really important. And again, it doesn't happen very often but you need to be prepared. And I think this is a tough conversation to have with a surrogate. It's better to have it with your therapist if possible, but I know many people who just have it with their surrogate and their partner and just decide that we have to have this conversation. We need to make sure we're on the same page. If we're not on the same page, it's much better to know early on than when she's six months pregnant with your child, right? You really need to decide how she's going to handle these sorts of situations. And unfortunately, the legal contract is really not going to address this issue in the same way. So you really need to be thoughtful about this and think about, yes, I have my legal contract, but legal contracts are not enforceable in these situations. No one can force somebody else to have an abortion or to have a medical test. No one can force somebody to pump. Nobody can force somebody to do anything and you would never want to. So it's really important to think about these things ahead of time and make sure that in your match meeting with your surrogate that you start to tease out some of these ideas if you haven't with your therapist so that you can get on the same page, so that you can decide that yes, if we are in these situations or when we're in these situations, we can address them. And of course, emotions run very high and sometimes people backpedal and that's certainly possible, but at least you would have made these decisions ahead of time and you can move forward and with respect to 
the first video, you can start to think about your relationship. And that's what you can really focus on. You can enjoy your journey because it really is a beautiful journey. As I said in the first video, surrogates really have a special heart. Very often, people come to me and say, I can't believe my surrogate feels the way that she does. I can't believe that she wants to do this. I can't believe it makes her so happy. It's because most of us are not like that. Most of us are not equipped to do this sort of thing. But these surrogates are. They're really wonderful people, and they really want to do the best for you. So let's think about doing the best for them and also the best for you by thinking about some of these issues ahead of time, really arming yourself with the structure that you need to have a good relationship and to make sure that by the time that you get to the legal contract, all of these issues are sorted out. You don't want to have to go back to the legal contract later and change them. You want to make sure that this is all done before the legal contract is set and that you can tell your lawyer what everybody intends. So I really hope that that helped you today. And if you would like to reach out to me, please feel free to do so. All my contact information is on my website, familybuilding.net. We have a lot of great therapists to process this information with you. We can talk to you about all of the ins and outs of the surrogacy journey. I've really just given you an overview in both of these videos. There's so much more to discuss, but these are the highlights that I think will help you move forward in your surrogacy journey in a really productive way. And until then, have a wonderful journey, and I will see you next time. Hi, it's Lisa Schumann. I hope that you enjoyed that video, and I hope it helped you. And if it did, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe, because that's how we keep going. It's really important to us. And if you liked it, you might like this one. 